0: This is the Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Mayonecht.
1: Hour four of the program on this Christmas weekend. 14 games in the National Hockey League, including four on Hockey Night in Canada. Topped off, of course, by the Vancouver Canucks hosting... The San Jose Sharks at Raj that's a puck drop after 7 p.m. And, of course, you can do the pregame show, get yourself set up, make sure you know anything you need to know going into the Canucks' attempts to hold on to first place overall in the National Hockey League going into the Christmas break and extend their current 6-0-2 run. It's also a big day for those of you who love the history of the Vancouver Canucks, because on Canucks Connected today at one o'clock, following the Sport Market and Pastime Radio, the collectibles show, it'll have the whole hour Devoted to the career of number sixteen, Trevor Linden, and certainly it always has been one of the most talked-about episodes in the Canucks, in the terrific Canucks Connected uh, catalog. If you haven't heard it before, or even if you if you have, tune in two o'clock here on Sportsnet six fifty Vancouver for Canucks Connected, hosted by the one and only Joey Kenward and uh, Joey continuing to operate. Uh, As a complete professional, uh, despite dealing with some health challenges, everybody is thinking about Joey Kenward. He's one of the true class acts in the business. He makes everyone around him feel that much better. That's just the way he is. Again, mark it in your calendars, 2 o'clock. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. It's time to check out the headlines in this morning's Sun Sports.
2: Extra, extra.
0: Welcome to Weekend Extra with Sun Sports, presented by the Vancouver Sun. Seriously, West Coast.
1: The Vancouver Canucks, of course, dominating the headlines in Sun Sports on this Saturday. They are hosting the San Jose Sharks. It is the last of a 14-game slate in the um, uh, National Hockey League and certainly a big deal. For uh, Canucks fans that they just are marveling and being continued to be surprised and now thinking that the Canucks really should be winning every game they're playing. Now, of course, you got to manage those expectations, but the Christmas Shark Feast. Is it going to be the perfect pre-Christmas break for the Canucks? Aziz Rajwani, John Festinger joining us here on the sport market. Aziz Rajwani from the UBC Sada School of Business, Langara College uh, um, uh, Faculty of Management. And then, of course, uh, John Festinger from UBC Law School and um, uh, Thompson Rivers University also practicing under... Uh, Chandler Fogden Lyman, is this going to be a shark feast? Is these Rogwani?
2: No, and this is where I think the Canucks have to show their true character and culture. And you know they're playing a team that's uh, you know at the bottom of the barrel, quote unquote. uh, But they've got to make sure that they rise to the occasion because if they don't, they'll they'll lose it. And these are the kind of points. You don't want to lose, especially heading into the Christmas break, where you get, you know, you got four four days off or whatever. They play again on December the twenty eighth against the Flyers, if memory serves me correctly. But uh, this is where you have to show your character. That winning matters. Doesn't matter who you're playing. You are prepared every single time to play, and you play well. And as long as you play well and do the things you're supposed to do, typically you'll end up with a, in the winning column. And that's what I hope will happen tonight.
1: Patrick Johnson has the section uh, page story in Sun Sports this morning in the hard copy of the paper and online at VancouverSun.com and the headline says it all, that the Canucks are riding as high as they are despite having a brutally intense schedule. They've been the busiest team in the National Hockey League since Halloween but they haven't let fatigue impact the win-loss column and John Festinger uh, you know how important Cadence is on the business operations side of things. You used to be Executive Vice President Business Operations for Canucks Sports and Entertainment back in the day the workflow really is built around not just home games but when there is a Canucks game day Uh, Rick Tockett in my view has done a very good job managing uh, the Canucks because there's a lot of weeks where they've played basically every second day for the whole week it's actually been
3: quite remarkable
1: and what it sets
3: up is even more positive. And that is that going into uh, the the next part of the schedule and the final part of the schedule, uh, they're going to be playing less games. So there's going to be more recovery time. And if you are near the top of the league, you start thinking about playoffs, resting your players. The Canucks are going into, into the next part of the schedule with all sorts of advantages. um, And, Certainly, they should have every reason to believe that they can capitalize on those advantages.
1: All kinds of Seahawks pregame. They're uh, playing on Sunday in Nashville, uh, playing against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Seahawks win out. They're, they're in a playoff spot. They lose the game, then they're going to need others who are at 7-7 seven and seven and 8-7 and to falter. The LA Rams aren't making things easy. But there's all kinds of Seahawks coverage in this morning's edition of Sun Sports and online at vancouversun.com. And uh, certainly Geno Smith back to bolster the Seahawks playoff bid. Um, if you're Pete Carroll, you're feeling pretty good. You're getting your starting quarterback back, and now you've got Drew Locke riding high after the clutch performance last week. Uh, you you've probably are in pretty good shape either way, Aziz.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Pete Carroll, I, I think he wrote a book, Always Compete. And, you know, his philosophy is that if you want to win forever, always compete. And hopefully that's the culture and the identity of the Seahawks. And he's been, you know, he's been there for a long period of time, well over 10 years and hopefully that's built. that culture is built into the players. And all they have to do, I know it's easier said than done, right? And giving advice or pontificating, quote-unquote, is easier than actually doing it, much easier. And, uh, you know, they've just got to run the table. I know it's easier said than done, but all they have to do is run the table and they'll have absolutely no regrets because no matter what the other teams do, that's the best thing that they can do. And if they did it, they'll get into the playoffs.
1: Shot put and, 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 and Canada... Uh, are really coming together on the women's side of things. Uh, Sarah Mitten of Brooklyn, Nova Scotia becoming the first Canadian woman to win a shot put medal at the Worlds and part of a real renewed, rejuvenated Canadian uh, track and field team at international competition. And it's on the same page as Donna Spencer's story on the emerging professional women's hockey league that makes its debut January 1st. Uh, New York visits Toronto at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, now known as Matt to Me uh, uh, Center, uh, to kick off the PWHL. Uh, uh, John Festinger, we've talked, and we did again at the beginning of this show uh, this morning, about tipping point in women's sports. I've always earmarked Uh, 2015, when the FIFA Women's World Cup was held here in Canada, including here in Vancouver, as a real tipping point, the crowds that um, uh, drove through the turnstiles, filling BC plays to capacity were one indication that women's sport had really arrived. But I got to tell you, 2023... It is big time. The WNBA is not the only hot act in town when it comes to women's sport. You've got the National Women's Soccer League doing very well, uh, ramping up by a factor of 10 the money that they're playing, paying their star players, and now you've got the Professional Women's Hockey League. I do think it should be the WNHL. <laughs> they should have branded that way, but the bottom line is this is really good for women's sport, and Donna Spencer has that on the pages of the Vancouver Sun this weekend.
3: Well, I think women's sports are starting, just starting into the middle phase of growing into their own and having a number of leagues now uh, in soccer, in um, in hockey, um, and in basketball is absolutely crucial. And as those leagues go... Um, the the more successful women will be in sports, the better paid they will be. And I do think 2024 is a crucial year, a real turning point year.
1: And uh, World Juniors also part of the coverage in this morning's Sun Sports. Of course, Macklin Celebrini, uh, as we speak, uh, waiting to hear uh, the a penalty, the punishment from that dangerous hit, and it's really too bad. I mean, Macklin Celebini is not that kind of player at all. Uh, I've got the privilege of knowing uh, Macklin's dad very well and, of course, uh, met Macklin when he was a little guy running around for Tia. Now the Christine Sinclair Community Center, uh, that is is a blow for Team Canada uh, if there are multiple games involved. We'll see what happens with the IIHF announcement on that front. Uh, Aziz Rajwani, John Festinger, thanks so much for everything you've done today for the sport market and everything you do week in, week out. Really appreciate it. Best of the season to both of you. We'll have a chance to do our year-in-review show next week, but have a terrific, terrific holiday weekend. Ho, ho, ho. Go Canucks, go. <laughs> you don't have to follow that, I can't job. top that. No, you can't. You can't. We'll, we'll, we'll just let that one stand for both of them. Next up, we talk about the newest class of inductees in the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame. A familiar name and voice connected to Sportsnet 650 Vancouver, Part of the induction class that's next right here on the sport market. And at the bottom, bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. We'll go around the horn with him. And then in our closing bell, we'll be joined by Samantha Chang of the broadcast and Denton's. Uh, She's also on the selection committee of the BC sports hall of fame and is co-chair along with a certain Aziz Rajwani of the induction week ceremony. It is the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame's new class next, right here on the Sport Market.
0: Now more of the Sport Market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business.
1: It is a Christmas weekend, a holiday weekend, and if you're a sports fan, hey, it's a good time to be that way. You've got a Christmas Day quintuple header in the NBA You've got a triple header NFL style on Christmas Day. And going into the Christmas break, you've got 14 games in the National Hockey League, including the Vancouver Canucks hosting the San Jose Sharks. Keep it locked right here on SportsNet 650 Vancouver throughout the day, including 1 o'clock. It's Pastime Radio, the collectibles show, uh, including part of the interview from last week with Marcus Nastlin. We got so much good feedback from you. We're going to play part of that again. He's at Pastime Sports and Games on Saturday, December 30th at 1 p.m. for Marcus Nastlin Day, an autograph signing session. You can go to pastimesports.ca for all of the details. And. It's also an opportunity for you to keep it locked in here. Two o'clock. Joey Kenward hosts Canucks Connected, a special edition on Trevor Linden. And I guarantee you, there'll be stuff that you've never heard before. Uh, even if you heard it in a previous airing of this broadcast, you got to hear it again to believe it. Some really cool insight that Joey Kenward gleaned from Number Sixteen, Trevor Linden, who, by the way, does an autograph signing session February. 15th. 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, at the new Langley location of pastime sports and games. On this holiday weekend, on this weekend of giving, going to ask you to indulge, indulge us just for a few minutes because we've got some cool stuff to talk about, but I've got real vested interest. I'm a big fan of uh, all the work that is done by the BC Sports Hall of Fame. I'm very proud to be a member of the Board of Trustees to serve as chair of the BC Sports Hall, but also very proud of the work that's done at the grassroots throughout the province by leaders such as the team behind the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, which this week announced its new industrial. Class, and we're very, very happy to have with us here on the sport market, on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Radio Network, the chair of the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, David Borovich. And David, uh, I'll tell you, there's nothing like a new induction class. It's a shiny toy for you to proudly unveil to the marketplace. You've got some real headliners on this class, including a voice that is very familiar to a lot of our listeners, Don Taylor uh, and, and his Burnaby Roots Obviously appearing a couple of times a week here on uh, Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, He's hosting Donnie and Dolly on Czech TV in Victoria. He's already been earmarked for induction in the BC Sports Hall of Fame in the media category. Uh, In a real cool departure for you and the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame team, uh, you've got the media category now making its debut with Don Taylor. Yeah,
4: thanks, Tom, for having me here. Uh, yes, Don is our first media inductee, uh, a, a great choice for, by our team, given his Burnaby roots and his strong commitment to always highlighting that Burnaby connection with any team or player or reference that he covers during his many broadcasting years over in the greater Vancouver area.
1: You know, he, he could he could go in on the sports merit, of the job that he does, he also could go in on the entertainment merit of the job that he does. And, and isn't that what's made him so special and, and the pride of Burnaby all these years is he knows how to connect with fans. He knows how to connect with his audience.
4: Yeah, his approach to uh, announcing the sports uh, news is definitely unique and just about Don's Taylorisms, we'll call them. Uh, he has a special waiver for uh, spring, the replays to life to adding color and to just basically you know making it a fun thing to watch sports
1: we're talking to the chair of the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, David Borovich, uh, uh, on the week that the Burnaby Sports Hall announces its new induction class. One that also features another Burnaby Titan, uh, Lou Pasaglia. It, it, it's one of my favorite moments of BC Lions history. The Grey Cup uh, in uh, uh, 94 against Baltimore. The last second field goal by Lou Pasaglia, forever enshrining him in BC Lions lore now he's a member of the bc sports hall of fame and now he's part of the burnaby sports hall lou has got to be one of the favorite sons of burnaby
4: yeah absolutely now um, lou spent uh his formative years in burnaby from 1968 to 80 uh, and when he first moved to burnaby from vancouver he was at notre dame high school he led the juggers to three provincial football championships went up to Bernie Mountain at SFU and had an all-star career there as well, and then joined his hometown Leo's um, for the beginning of his 25-year run. Um, he Louis played more football, professional football games, scored more professional football points, and kicked more field goals than anybody in football history, not just in the CFL but including the NFL as well. He's a remarkable athlete, a great person and we're very proud to have him joining our roster.
1: David, of course, Don Taylor, highly recognized. Lou Pasagli, one of the famous uh, BC Lions of all time. But what the Burnaby Sports Hall does is sometimes uncover stories that might not be as high-profile but no less important. You've got one of those behind-the-scenes in curling, don't you?
4: Absolutely. Uh, we're welcoming Coach Fujimiki to our roster Um His family had an interesting um, history uh, as Japanese heritage during World War II. They were interned in the uh, internment camps in Midway, British Columbia, which is where Fuji was first introduced to the sport of curling. Uh, He became a very capable player and then evolved over time to become a remarkable international coach. He uh, was Japanese background, um, became connected with the Japanese Curling Association was brought in by them to oversee their curling program, particularly on the women's side, where he uh, coached them through four Olympic programs, and now Japan is one of the leading curling nations in the world, particularly on the women's side. They've medaled in the last few Olympics, and he's been a big contributor to that, not only on the international scene, but he continues to coach locally uh, through the Royal City Curling Club in New Westminster.
1: Tom Manning, along with the chair of the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, David uh, Borovic, announcing the class, the newest class of inductees in the Burnaby Sports Hall, one of the really important grassroots sports halls here in British Columbia. David, uh, take us through the rest of your class quickly.
4: All right. Another one of our individual athletes, uh, Mike Santorelli, um, you know, grew up playing minor hockey in Burnaby. And moved on to the B.C. Hockey League and went to the U.S. University and was drafted in the sixth round. Um, became a NHLer through his hard work and perseverance and um, his skill, obviously. Played over 400 games in the NHL. Uh, quite an accomplishment for a sixth round draft choice they hardly ever make uh, to the NHL, let alone play 400 games and have a notable achievement. Mike also played for the Canucks for the, a season before getting injured, um, and was actually very popular with the local Connect community
1: during his time here. Absolutely, absolutely. Always uh, there for the interviews, uh, uh, win, lose, or draw. Great.
4: And then uh, lastly, uh, our team you um, this year is the 2008 Cliftonville United U14 Girls Synergy Team. They not only went undefeated in their local play, won the Provincial Championship here in BC, then traveled all the way across the country the Prince Edward Island, where they won the Canadian Championship, also going undefeated through their play there. The team was remarkable in that they only had 14 girls on the roster, so they were able to play all those games and survive all those challenges with that limited numbers. thanks to the coaching of Tony Drescher and Mike Pennington.
1: David, it's obviously the highlight of the calendar for the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, the announcement of this class, and again, uh, induction uh, plans, uh, and and of course, uh, the opportunity for people to buy tickets. What can you tell us about plans? Anybody who cares about sport in Burnaby and in the Lower Mainland, uh, where can they go for more information, and what are your plans to convert this induction class uh, into formal induction?
4: Yes, absolutely. We look forward each year to welcoming the new class. So, we have an, a, a big induction banquet event planned for March 15th, 2024, at the Riverway Golf Clubhouse in South Burnaby. You can get ticket information regarding the event online at our website, com. That's com, And uh, we look forward to having a full house there to welcome this great class of inductees.
1: Well, David, it's a holiday gift, uh, uh, obviously, for family and friends of your inductees. It's also appreciated on our party taking time out of such a busy uh, holiday weekend to be with us. Congratulations to you, uh, the entire board and team behind the Burnaby. chair of the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations and thanks to uh, you for the leadership that Burnaby is playing on the provincial stage as part of the BC Sports Hall Network. Uh, keep up all the great work and uh, look forward to seeing you on March 15th at your uh, induction ceremony. Uh, Don Taylor, Lupus Aglia, Santorelli and company.
4: Thanks very much, um, Tom for having me on board this morning, and wish you and everybody listening uh, the best of the
1: holiday season. Right back at you. He is David Borovich, the chair of the BC, of oh, sorry, of the Burnaby uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Um, he was almost going to take my role there for a second. <laughs> as a, uh, and again, I've said this before, I do have a vested interest in the BC Sports Hall. Very proud to be a member of the Board of Trustees, serving as chair of the BC Sports Hall. Uh, Michelle Kitchener, CEO, Jason Becker, curator, uh, a very uh, lean, mean fighting machine as our staff. And uh, we've got our own uh, plans for the class of 2024. That's coming up uh, May 15th for the VIP honored members reception and May 16th at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver uh, are is the induction gala itself, the induction banquet itself. So May 15th, 16th, you can go to bcsportshall.com for more information. And remember, bshof.com for more information on the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame. Next up, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Steve Ewan of the province and province.com. We're going to go around the horn. How high can this edition of the Vancouver Canucks Go? That's next right here on the Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonet.
1: We've gone through the headlines in this morning's Vancouver Sun and online at vancouversun.com. Of course, a big part of tomorrow's edition of The Province and online at theprovince.com will be the Vancouver Canucks' last game before the Christmas break. They host the San Jose Sharks tonight at Rogers Arena. Keep it locked right here on... Sportsnet 650 Vancouver throughout the rest of the afternoon and into the evening. uh, You're going to have pastime, Radio, the collectible show, coming up 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, featuring part of that special interview we did with Marcus Naslin, the former Canucks captain, last week. And then at 2 o'clock, it is Joey Kenward and Canucks Connected, a special feature edition of Canucks Connected, focused on number 16, Trevor Linden. Then, of course, you've got in the booth, uh, Brendan uh, Batchelor, uh, and Randeep Janda uh, doing their thing, getting you set up for the pregame show. And then, of course, Puck Drop at Rogers Arena. Uh, Brendan Batchelor uh, heading the broadcast uh, at the P by P. It is Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com going around the horn for us. And we'll start. With the Vancouver Canucks, Steve, uh, if somebody had told you, if I had told you in October that the Canucks had an opportunity with the win against the San Jose Sharks to have the best overall record or at least sustain the best overall record uh, going into the Christmas break, what would you have told me?
5: I would have asked to do some drug testing.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, touche. I
5: I don't think people understood how good well, I, I don't think I understood how good Rick Tockett Rick, Rick is, and how he's got this team united and, and playing cohesive. And you go up and down the list, and everybody's playing as good as you thought they play, or if not better. I mean, you look at the kind of the, the, the third line guys and how they're contributing, and you know the 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 depth of D, and they're getting great play out of the backup goalie. I think up and down the list, everybody's been 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 outstanding
1: uh Steve uh, you you look at this the situation coming out of Dallas they had opportunities in the third period. They were all over uh, the Stars. Uh, although the Stars dominated the first part of overtime, there was that 2-0 and o opportunity. So an opportunity to get seven of eight points on the road. They still are, are, are impressive getting six of eight, but to a man, they're disappointed. I think that says a lot about the belief and the structure and the system that Rick Tockett is implementing.
5: I just, I just think they, have been very. Uh, they, they haven't gotten too, lo- too high. They haven't gotten too low. Uh, I think they've been very business-like throughout this entire season. This is a team that hasn't had a ton of success in the last how many years, right? I, I think that says something to, to just the leadership they've got from the coaches and and, and some of the older guys. I, I, I think it speaks. Speaks to that. They they could easily you know be up and down with, with you know how everything's gone for them and they and they, they just seem very kind of even keel.
1: So often teams are defined by their stars and their superstars, but this Canucks team has a very pivotal third line that has been performing so well for it. Uh, the names like. Uh, uh, Dakota Joshua, uh, Connor Garland, uh, Bluger—they uh, have become a big part of this success story, haven't they?
5: I think so. I think good teams have have depth. I think it's a—I mean it's a grind. It's 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 a long year and a lot to be expected throughout the year. And I think you need you you can't just roll with your top four or five guys. I think everybody has to has to be. Has you know has to play a part. I think you're, you know we're seeing that that third line do it. And I, I think it's been throughout the year. I, I think there's been different stars every night. I, I think that that really speaks to the way, I speaks to what what Rick Talk has done. It also speaks to what management has done and, and you know bringing in the the right people this year.
1: We're talking to Steve Ewan of The Province and TheProvince.com here on the sport market. He's a member of the selection committee of the BC Sports Hall of Fame, and he's an Eric Whitehead Inspired Service Award winner for all the great work and advocacy he's done over the years. And of course, we appreciate him very much being here on the sport market. Let's shift gears.
5: I'm going to take you around with me. <laughs> I'm going to, anytime I go in a room, I'm going to
1: get you to go in first. Well, you
5: might you, want to consider you sound way better than I am. Tom, well,
1: let's be honest. You, 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 you might consider having Don Taylor play that role for you because here he is. Uh, he's going to mm-hmm. be inducted to the BC sports hall of fame in the media category May of 2024. But this week the Burnaby sports hall of fame announced that they're creating a media category. And the first inductee in the category is Don Taylor. Uh, it, he is something special, isn't he? Not just as a sports broadcaster, but literally as an entertainer and as a connector of fans.
5: I think so. He uh, he's done a, a great job of, of being that voice of the fan and feeling like uh, I, I and he, he walks that line so well. Of, of you feel like he's on your side, but he feel you feel like he's going to ask the tough questions to you, which is which is really hard to do. And I good guy. I, he's been so helpful for. Uh, and entire generation of, of, of guys like me that, that are kind of coming through, coming through the system, and, and is just you know, really open to, to giving you ideas and, and working working with you. Know, I, as good a guy as there is in the business right
1: now. And, of course, uh, you can not only listen to Don Taylor on Donnie and Dolly with Rick Dollywall and right. Ryan Henderson on uh, Czech Television and on the podcast platform uh, at uh, Czech TV, but you can also listen to him a couple of times a week here, including on the crossover with uh, Rick, Donniewall, Rick with Rick, Rick Dollywall. Lou Pasaglia, one of the most popular BC Lions uh, of all time and certainly having one of the most iconic Uh, moments in BC Lions history. The last second field goal against Baltimore in 1994. Burnaby Lou Pissaglia will also be in the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame. He's already in the BC Sports Hall. Uh, Another well-deserved honor for one of the favorite sons of Burnaby.
5: I think if you were doing an all-time, if you you were doing a Mount Rushmore of BC sports, I think that's a name that that you have to put up there. I think that's a name you have to consider with, the Leonardzies and, and of course all the all the hockey guys. So I, I think that says to I if you think about B C Lions, I think for anybody over the age of twenty five, maybe, that's the first name you, you go to and that, that says a lot for what he did and just how how long he did it.
1: Let's park on the Lions for a moment as part of our Round the Horn with Steve Ewan of the Province and TheProvince.com. My question to you, Steve, is will former BC Lion quarterback Nathan Rourke see action, regular season action, as a member of the New England Patriots now that they've signed him to their 53-man roster?
5: I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they're going to give him a look. I'm going to say they're, they're already building for next season. And they're they're going to want to see what he's capable of. So so yes, but I, I think I think he's ended up in, in a very good spot because it's a team that struggled, a team that struggled with quarterback play, and a team that's looking at looking at options.
1: Let's shift to soccer as we go around the horn. Vancouver Whitecaps uh, in their offseason. Whitecaps fans are getting excited about the visit, uh, at least a scheduled visit of Lionel Messi and Inter Miami uh, next May uh, at BC Play Stadium. Wanted to ask you something. Don't know if you've followed the story south of the border, but um, uh, Major League Soccer uh, has indicated their plan to withdraw from the U.S. Open Cup competition, which brought together the various leagues in the United States and had MLS clubs competing for U.S. Open uh, Cup championship. They're saying now that they want to send MLS next uh, uh, teams uh, uh, to the mix. Do you think with that potentially happening and it's creating a real uh, uh, boiler uh, boiler storm in the United States? Do you think there's a possibility that the Whitecaps, Toronto FC, and Montreal Impact will pull the same move with uh, 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 Soccer Canada and the CPL?
5: A, it's hard to know anything to do with with soccer canvas. Any any story involving soccer is scary to um, One, I I think, I hope not. It feels like that that U.S. move is just uh, an ego move and, and worrying about uh, being being beaten by a lesser team. I I think it's important for the game that that in this country that we unite the various levels. So I I, I really hope it doesn't happen
1: here. Vancouver Canadians, uh, they're looking uh, for their big club to uh, uh, sign a big-name Japanese player. Oh, no, hold on a second. (laughs) That is the Los Angeles Dodgers. $325 million over 12 years. The Yamamoto deal uh, puts him on the same roster as um, uh, Shohei Otani. It's an incredible statistic, uh, and we can relate it back to the Uh, Canadians as, of course, the uh, high uh, A-League farm uh, club of the Toronto Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays and 28 teams combined for $873 million of free agency investment. The L.A. Dodgers have invested $1.1 billion, more than the other 29 teams, including the Jays, combined. Is that sustainable in terms of a league that provides hope to fans from you know, as many fan bases across the the league as possible.
5: I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I don't know how those contracts are going to play out. I don't know what happens if LA doesn't win not not only next year but the next two or three years. I think that's going to create some issues. I think they just made the Yankees likable. Uh, I think it's. I, I I think there's some real challenges
1: with, it's with Evil Empire and, West.
5: Yeah, well, I, I think so, and and I think it. I just it's it's hard. I, it it it's just not a good look any way you any way you slice it because either either they win and they're expected to win, or people start chasing them and and trying to spend that money and, and you get in those issues where it's just hard to hard to relate. I I I think there's. I, I'm not a fan. I don't like what's going on. I I don't like what they're doing. Um, I don't like, I, I, you almost cheer, you know, it's getting to the point where you're going to cheer again. It fails miserably. And I think that's a bad look for baseball.
1: National lacrosse league, the Vancouver warriors, uh, get the win over the uh, Georgia swarm. Uh, what next for Kurt Miloski and the warriors?
5: I think they have to prove that it's not a one shot deal. I think they have to show that um, that that wasn't their Man Cup championship or, or whatever lacrosse championship you, you know you want to say they they that's a very good Georgia team that, that they they may look very average. Um, they've got a they've got a big road game today, Rochester. I think another another win would go a long way to to kind of helping helping fill that. Roger Arena going going forward. I think I think they still need to make that fan base believe that, that they're uh, a playoff type team, and, and there's still still there's still lots of work to do. But but it was a very good step for them last week. Uh,
1: Steve, we've got to listeners on CFAX ten seventy uh, Victoria Radio NL six ten a.m. Kamloops and AM eleven fifty in Kelowna, uh, home of the. Royals, uh, the Blazers, the Rockets, and of course, uh, the Vancouver uh, Giants and the Prince George Cougars, Uh, Cougars uh, really making the most of the, the opportunity so far out of the BC teams, including the Vancouver Giants. uh, Who, who is the, the, the big newsmaker this week?
5: Oh, I, I think it's gotta be Prince George. I think Prince George has been the class of the league. I think I'm interested to see what they do with the trade deadline coming up January tenth this is a year for them where they they've they've got a chance to to win the West at the very least so do they do they make a substantial ad and, and is it a forward at the, uh, is it a defenseman I, I think that's are they are they major players on on the trade market I, I think that's what I'm interested in yeah.
1: Last one for you as we complete Around the Horn. What would you most like for Santa Claus to bring you in terms of a sports or sports community gift?
5: Oh, geez, I'd like Santa to go big, and I'd, I'd like a better outdoor stadium for, for the way Caps of the Lions. I'd like maybe the Kerfoot Stadium down on the water, I'd, I'd like something that that you know people are people are more likely to come out to. So I, I think I'd better. Better better facilities, let's let's call
1: it that. Well, it's a little bit out of my budget, but I'll I'll definitely what try and come up with something meaningful for you over the next couple are you of days. For? <laughs> well, I um, keep that secret between me and Santa Claus. Uh, there <laughs> and, you go. and and the next segment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, listen, I wanna thank you not only for being on the sport market today, but for everything you do for the sport market week in, week out, and everything you do for the province and the Vancouver Sun. Uh, really appreciate. Appreciate it. Best of the season to you. Thanks so much for uh, being on the show today. Hey, thanks so much. All the best. He is Steve Ewan. You can follow him on Twitter uh, slash X at Steve Ewan E-W-E-N. It's our closing bell next right here. On the sport market, setting the stage for Pastime Radio at 1 o'clock, the collectible show. At 2 o'clock, it's Canucks Connected, hosted by Joey Kenward, and featuring the stories, and there are many of them, of number 16, Trevor Linden. Got a big day of coverage here leading up to game day. Canucks hosting the Sharks tonight, right here on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver.
0: You're listening to The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650.
1: This is the closing bow of this Christmas weekend edition of The Sport Market on Sportsnet Vancouver, Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Radio Network and the Sport Market Radio Network. And want to, on this Christmas weekend, send out a big thank you to all of you, Who have listened to the sport market over the years, uh, and of course, some of the new listeners since we've come on board with our new home here at Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, this show is all about the feedback and the support that we get from you, our audience, our listeners, and from the community. And we don't take a single ounce of it uh, for granted. Uh, also want to thank, of course, the team here at uh, Roger Sports Media and Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, they've been absolutely terrific to work with, have welcomed the sport market uh, with real open arms and uh, that is also so much appreciated going into the holiday season. Uh, Big shout-out and thank you, of course, to Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Uh, Tino, uh, you've been such a solid cog in the show uh, over these last few months, and I'm so happy that you're part of the new team here at Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. But I want to ask you a marketing question, a branding question. Of course, Anthony Abrahams and I at Emblematica, we're branding guys. We really focus on branding solutions. We're we're, we're branding geeks in a lot of uh, ways, everything to do with from naming to positioning, mission building, vision building, all that kind of stuff. I am so irritated <laughs> <laughs> by the Panther City branding in the National Lacrosse League of the team in in in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, uh, you know, if you have no idea that the Panther City connection is there, you wouldn't know there is anything to do with Texas in the first place, let alone uh, Dallas-Fort Worth.
0: And it's funny, too, because... Panther City is becoming a rival here of the Vancouver Warriors, so it's a little unfortunate that if you asked your casual lacrosse fan or casual sports fan here in Vancouver, where is Panther City's home located, none of them would know that it's Fort Worth, Texas. They were trying to build off the momentum of the Premier Lacrosse League because they were doing the whole lacrosse club branding, but it doesn't work in a league where everybody else is... City, name, city, name. It just doesn't make sense.
1: It also doesn't work without a million-dollar marketing budget. It's one thing for the NBA and and other professional leagues to sort of go a little bit funky, a little bit creative uh, with alternate jerseys, uh, and in some cases with these kinds of names. But it makes no sense at all for it to happen at the level of the National Lacrosse League where you want to provide every pathway to fan engagement, and that's Fort Worth or Dallas, not Panther City. Big shout-out and thank you again to all of you. Have a terrific uh, holiday week. We'll have uh, the Sport Market Year-End Edition next Saturday. Remember, it's Marcus Nassland Day at at, uh, Pastime Sports and Games. You've been listening to us. Rate and debate the Bulls and Bears of sport business. We'll close out with a lighter side take on the business of sport.
0: The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents the Sim Report. The comedy of sport with
4: Torben Rolson. Laker legend Fremendu Jabbar fell and broke his hip at an L.A. concert. He would still start for the Detroit Pistons.
0: Pistons lost their 25th
4: straight, this time at home against the Utah Jazz of half their G League team. Wow, four-time NBA All-Star center DeMarcus Cousins signed a 10-day four-game contract with the Taiwan Beer Leopards. I don't know if this is like a trial or they just need him for a big series against the Beijing Wine Dragons. The Yoshinobu Yamamoto to the Dodgers. No one happier in L.A. lately than sushi restaurant tours. Yoshi, move over Philly fanatic, baseball's got a new green dinosaur. And Tommy DeVito's agent, Sean Stilato, green suit and black fedora at the Saints game. He's either auditioning to be a Batman villain or Grand Marshal in New Jersey's St. Patrick's Day parade. The Giants got smoked in New Orleans. DeVito may burn out faster than Amazon's Fire Phone.
0: You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. A special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon. Com. slash the sport market.